like this idea of playing you guys new music every week. This is uh, No Drama with Tanache featuring Offset. It's a little vibe. I mean, Tanache is super cute and talented, but she just, I don't know. I don't know why she's not a bigger star. Anyway, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Asia. Welcome back to episode eight of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I missed you guys per use. Um, I have had a super fucking dramatic two weeks. I'm not going to lie to you. So um, let's catch up. First, though, we got to talk about the biggest event of the weekend socially, and that was the wedding of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I mean, how amazing was that ceremony? First of all, we got a black as fuck royal wedding. I was not expecting that. I, you know, I thought it would be just like Will and Kate's wedding and every other royal wedding that there has ever been in the world. But I was pleasantly surprised to see how much Megan's influence really came through and she embraced, you know, her blackness and her heritage and and her, you know, American roots. It was really dope. I mean, the bride showed up in a Givenchy dress. And I mean, you can't go wrong with a Givenchy dress. That's always going to be a look. And Prince Harry was so cute. Ginger hair booming. I mean, I'm really a fan of that beautiful couple. And um, to see them have Bishop Michael Curry, the first African-American head of the Episcopalian Church here in the States, to preside over the wedding. And I mean, he took y'all to church. If you've never been to a black church, that was just, a, I mean, a teeny tiny taste of what you get in a black church. And it's its a sermon, it's spiritual, it's deep, it's going to move you, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry. It's probably going to be 20 minutes too long, but that's just how we roll. And it was really dope to see her bring um, an American in to preside in such a historical church, a church dedicated to the monarchy, you know, which we don't have in the States. And then um, Bishop Curry is a whole ass nigga from Chicago. So, you know, from the crib, from, from my hometown. So, you know, that was a dope introduction of him in on the world stage. You know, um, I was really impressed with that choice. I was really impressed with his sermon and his speech was all about love and how love conquers all and love is the only way and bringing us all together as a people across the world and um you know I found it very moving and I thought it was amazing how often he quoted Dr. Martin Luther King and just you know just the whole movement of um equality and civil rights specifically for African Americans in this world and just people of darker skin tones across the whole world like that was just really meaningful and just that message of you know love is everything and it's not just about this beautiful young couple but about what they represent on a global stage and uh, Megan and Harry's wedding was just so stunning and it really spoke to the power of like manifestation and how quickly your life could change I mean two years ago Megan was an actress living on a cool TV show, living in Toronto, just 
being regular, degulish, regular. I mean, yeah, she had a cool job, but just an average woman living in the States. I mean, she's a divorcee. She's older than um, Prince Harry. She's biracial. She's from Compton. And just to see that a black woman has ascended to literal royalty, a commoner from the States, it was just so wild and so moving. And all that happened in two years. Like, that's crazy. Think about where you could be in two years. You don't believe in change. You don't believe in transformation. You don't believe that mountains can be moved. Look at Meghan Markle's story. Like, how insane is that to go from a common, you know, a regular girl in the States to literal royalty to being one of the most famous women on the planet to being in the history books to the queen of england literally being you know your grandmother like how insane is that if that doesn't make you believe like i don't know what else will and it was really also impressive to see um the celebrities that came out because you know that's always fun and it was dope to merge the celebrity hollywood world with British royalty to see other queen Oprah Winfrey you know one of our first black female billionaires attending the royal wedding to see um Serena Williams arguably one of the best athletes in history at the royal wedding with our cute ass white husband and their gorgeous other you know biracial baby the way Megan is it just, it was everything to see Idris Elba, to see, you know, all of the, these beautiful, powerful black people that came from nothing. I mean, not one of these people we're talking about started with anything. They all come from middle to lower class families from different parts of the world and fought tooth and nail to have everything that they have and to literally be in the royal wedding and be a guest and be treated like family in this environment on the biggest stage in the world was just miraculous to me. Like it was so moving and you know, cause I'm a thug, I'm, you know, I'm going to pretend like I only cried once, uh, when in actuality I cried several times, specifically when the gospel choir pulled up and did stand by me. I mean, how beautiful how delicious was that? I mean, I sang in the choir when I was in like fifth grade. So that whole choir director, judge is it's a it's a feeling. Like it took me back. And then the song choice and to see all those gorgeous black people in that choir and on this huge global massive stage was just immaculate. What what a wonderful choice. It was so cool of her to kind of differentiate her wedding from every single other royal wedding that there has ever been. And yes, there has been black royalty since the beginning of time. There is black royalty all over the world. But to, you know, Americans, like, we don't care about royalty, or at least I don't. I don't think any of my friends do. Like, that means nothing to us. Like, that's why we started America, right, was because we weren't down with a monarchy. We wanted to create kind of you know what democracy is today so royalty is just frou-frou from over there like it doesn't mean anything to us and 
William and Kate got married and it was like, okay, that's cute. You know, congratulations, whatever. And she's a commoner and he risked a lot to be with her. Okay. You know, shout out to them, but to take it to Megan from Bompton of all places, um, just, it just really hit home. Baps is real. Black American princesses is a thing. Like you can stand on that. It's, it's real. We got receipts. And I mean, shout out to her mother, her mother, Doria, you know, from that old school age, like growing up in Jim Crow days, imagine how she's taking all of this in. And I mean, to look so elegant and so regal and just be taking it all in stride when three days ago you were a regular, degular, schmegular American woman living in Cali, you know, just making shit shake, living your normal life. And in 72 hours, you're having tea with the queen as your daughter becomes royalty. How wild as a black woman with dreads. How dope was it to see her walking into that church? I mean, how proud could she possibly be? And especially when you come from an older generation um, where racism was as prevalent as it was. Not that it isn't now, of course, but, you know, our parents' generation never thought that they would see a black president, never thought that they would see black royalty, never thought that they would see um, the elevation of minorities that they see now. I just, just was so full for her and the experience that she's had had or is having um with her daughter becoming royalty so megan's new title is her royal highness megan markle duchess of sussex is that not just the most delicious thing you have ever heard like that is a whole mood i mean i'm gonna be megan for halloween i want to be megan for christmas i just want to be megan in general like she won and she's just facing a lot of racism, a lot of, um, you know, kind of classism because she's a, a supposed commoner. She gave up a lot. She had to give up her TV show. Obviously, she'll ever have. Like, that's over with. You are you are married to the entire royal family, not just your husband. And, um, I mean, it's a little slightly less pressure because, Harry will never be king just because that's not the way like succession works. He's like sixth in line or something. So, you know, things are slightly less under the microscope as compared to William and Kate. But this global stage is massive. I don't think Americans have ever really been as involved in the kind of fanfare of the royal wedding as they have been with um, Meghan and Harry, but um, I'm just pumped. I'm super excited for her. I think it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, another note. I also think it was dope that they chose kind of the more traditional vows. I'm sorry, the new traditional vows versus the old school traditional vows in that she never said the word obey. Like they didn't have that in their ceremony. There is no, I will be obeying my husband. We ain't doing that. Ain't no obey. We in the year of our Lord, 2018. If anybody's obeying anything, he needs to be obeying me. I mean, what a feminist. Like, what a powerful um, movement. What a powerful message that sends to young women. And on top of that, Megan walked into that church by herself. Hello. I mean, she didn't need a man to give her away. 
because you don't own me. You never did and you never will. Nor will my husband or my son or any other man in my life. So I just thought that was beautiful. I mean, her father was not in attendance due to health issues. And instead of, you know, some type of scramble to figure out who was going to walk her down the aisle, she stood up like the boss baddie she is. I wanted to say another word, but she a princess, so we're not going to talk about Queen Megan like that. But like a boss baddie and said, I will walk alone. I got this. Clearly, I got this. I was made for this. I was built for this. This is manifest destiny. This is ordained. This is this is divine. And it really is. And even when um, Prince Charles showed up to escort her the last few steps to her future husband, it wasn't all the way. He didn't take her all the way to the end. She still made those final steps alone. And I think that it was really symbolic and really dope to see her, A, pull up alone she didn't need a man to take her the entire way and be her father-in-law's um kind of ushering her welcoming her literally walking her into history walking her into the family as an equal not as an outsider and I just could not have been more full of joy um when I watched the royal wedding and thank god the royal wedding happened because I was on the treadmill dying I was like suffering through 30 minutes of cardio killing myself um because I'm on this new routine to get snatched and I mean I laughed I cried I was all emotional in the gym looking like a damn fool but it was worth it and it got me through and you know I just need to get married and I don't need to have well maybe like can I just get married and have a wedding but like not be married does that make sense have the wedding, you know, for the party and the dressing room, the reception and the cake and the gifts and the honeymoon. But then we just be, you know, dating. Like, I don't know. I can't find a man to go for that. But anywho, love the royal wedding. I would love to know what you guys thought about the royal wedding. You know how to find me. Like, tweet your girl. It is the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast on Twitter. Just the initials, friends. Um, don't spell out the whole thing because Twitter is not with that. Or email me at Asia at get rich or get drunk trying.com. Can we chat? Like, can we talk about how gorgeous this ceremony was and how I'm gonna find a man to let me have a wedding, but then let's just not find the paperwork? I mean, is that up for discussion? Do y'all know somebody? Put your girl on. And now to take a hard left turn in conversation points, um, I was inspired to chat about this next topic over the weekend when I was approached by a guy. And um, the first thing out of his mouth is, what is your Instagram? (sighs) Y'all, I know this is not just happening to me. What is with men and I use that term loosely because clearly these are boys asking you for your social media info what is that and why is that that is the corniest shit of all time like not you know where are you from or what do you like to do or uh, you know anything deep or or even relatively interesting or that would give you any kind of info into who this person is but it's like what's up shorty like what's your name what's your instagram they don't even ask for your phone number they want to know what your instagram is what is that who like put that in all the niggas group chats 
and said like that was the move to make. And furthermore, who are these women buying into that and like being like, oh, it's at Kamikaze Kitten, like sliding my DMs. That is so corny. Like it made my vagina so dry. Like what are you doing, fam? Like who taught you that? Who who told you that was a way? I'm grown. I'm all the way grown. Like I'm I'm not a child. So we're not swapping social media info. Furthermore, I don't even let anybody that I'm mildly interested in follow me on social media. Because as we reviewed a few episodes back, men can't handle the truth. And you know what the truth is? My Instagram. So we're not even up at, definitely on my snap. So we're def- we're not even going down that road. So absolutely not. And then they act all shook and perplexed and confused and shampoozled when you don't give it to them. No. Oh, so do you have Instagram? Yes. Can I have it? No. Well, what is it? I'm not sharing it with you. Why not? Because I'm not. And stop asking me. And you real corny. At matter of fact, stop texting me completely because this ain't the wave, dog. Like, we're not doing that. And um, this has happened to me several times now. And typically it's happened when I meet guys um, under 30. I really have not had this issue with the over 30 set of men, um, luckily, thank God. But it's just a headache, and I don't know who put this shit in the group chat. I don't know if there's, like, some type of newsletter that the fuckboys subscribe to that tells them what dumb shit to come up with next. But unsubscribe, dog, because it's not going to work. And then, like, what is their plan when they do get your social media? Do they then follow up and DM you and then ask you for your phone number? Like, what's the play? Like, uh, what are you trying to achieve? You were just with me face to face, clearly, because we met in person and you didn't ask me for my phone number to keep in touch with me. So we're going to, what, email each other? Like, like, no, no, super, super, mega, ultra fucking corny. There's no scenario in which you should be asking a woman that you just met 30 seconds ago for her social media. No, 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 blocked, no, no, and no, and another no, just to be crystal clear. Do not do this. Spread the word, fellas. Like, from me to you, stop doing this shit. The only thing I can even think of that a guy would be trying to do is, is he trying to scope you out, like, and see what type of places you go to or what, who you follow or who follows you or like where you what is he trying to find that he needs to figure out your ig first and scroll through 79 weeks of your timeline to see more information about you before he asks you out like if you're trying to figure out if i'm a cheesecake factory bitch from my instagram let me just help you out i'm not that's not on my ig so there's no need to find out if you can invite me to the cheesecake factory i could tell you to your face absolutely not so let's just move right along like there are no men posted on my ig my ig is like five years old and there has never not one time been a man posted on my instagram so you can't find my boyfriend you're gonna see traveling you're going to see mingling you're going to see fabulousness and but you got that impression when you met me so what are what are you searching for like are you trying to see if i got kids or where I work, like, what is it? 
oh, my frustration level. Like, I just hate men under 30. They really just have no sauce at all whatsoever. And, you know, they really, all of them need to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate their entire stance on shit because it is really just a scam dilly am and I don't have time. I personally am, am over it. I'm just not with it at all whatsoever. Deep breath. I mean, enough about these fuck boys because we could be here all day, but I hope that you guys are listening. I mean, girls, like, reach out to me. Let me know. Is it just me? Is this just happening to me? Like, what's T, sis? Whew. So moving right along, we are always going to give you a get rich and a get drunk tip. We didn't get to it uh, last week when we interviewed Pilly May, but we are back at it today. So, I mean, I think we should start with a cocktail. Do I always start with a cocktail or do I start with a get rich tip? I can't remember. I don't. I think I just go back and forth. But today I'm in the mood to start with a cocktail. So let's make today's get rich cocktail. And that is a watermelon, lime and ginger Caipirinha. Say it with me. Caipirinha. Don't that sound delicious? It's the national cocktail of Brazil. That's how you know it's fire. And oh, and shout out to Junior, my Brazilian baby daddy, bartender, extraordinaire, co-worker, like rock star. Hey, Junior. Um, but anyway, so the watermelon, lime, and ginger Caipirinha is super simple. Kind of think of it like a mojito type of vibe. So you just need a cup of watermelon, like um, kind of like chunks, watermelon chunks. Let's just make it easy. A handful of mint leaves, a half inch piece of ginger, and three teaspoons of demerara sugar. So demerara sugar is like um, brown sugar, super fine, light brown sugar from Guyana. So, you know, real sexy. The juice of half a lime ice of course and a shot of vodka now in my book a shot is two ounces but you know I'm generous with the pouring because I'm a bartender so I'm heavy-handed but you know do you whatever works for you so this one's super easy in a glass you're just going to muddle watermelon mint ginger and the sugar together then mix in the lime juice ice and vodka shake it up a little bit add a straw garnish with a piece of watermelon and a piece of mint Bing, bang, boom. Watermelon, lime, and ginger. Caipirinha. I just had one of these today. Absolutely fuego. So refreshing. So sexy. Looks delicious. Tastes delicious. It's not full of calories. I mean, come on. Like, get your life. And per usual, I will have the recipe linked up in the show notes. And I will put a picture of the cocktail up on get rich or get drunk trying.com that goes for all the episodes like if you miss something just go back to the website get rich or get drunk trying.com search for the podcast that you heard it on and bing bang boom i mean i got y'all covered you know i'm gonna look out for you and lastly but never least of course we want to get rich on this show that's what we do that's what this is about And today's Get Rich Tip is super simple, and it's just about your credit and credit karma, which is my bae. Credit karma is the wave, and it is absolutely cheap because it's absolutely freaking free to monitor your credit. I mean, we are all entirely too old to be out here with the co-signers and and just getting denied for things and retarded-ass interest rates. Like, nah. 
Credit Karma is an absolutely free website that will monitor your credit for you. And it's really easy to sign up. You just give them a little bit of info and you will get emails periodically letting you know if your credit went up, if it went down, um, what uh, effects or what things have happened in the past month that have affected your credit score and a bunch of like free tips and guides and resources on how to improve it. If you are not in the 700 club, you are like selling yourself short. Honestly, you're overpaying for things, you're getting denied for things, and it's not cool. The ultimate goal is to be in the 800 club, but the 700 club is is the way to start. If you're believe, you know, if your score is beneath that, you need to be working on improving it and it no, it is not going to happen overnight. But using creditkarma.com and using the Credit Karma app are really useful free tools to help you get your money right, honey. Because it is no point in being cute if your coins are not right. You know this. I've been telling you guys this from day one. So again, thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I will see you guys back here, same time, same place next week. Be good in the meantime. Love you, babe.